No more playing around, people. This is uh This is it, man. It's your boy Charles, aka C Harms, here with the one and only. I'll let him introduce himself, but I know him as the one and only Luda from back in the day. Obviously, yeah. uh, you know, like Luda, the name Charms comes from a different era. Yeah. Uh, but we've definitely grown a lot as men, as individuals. So I would take this time to let my good friend, my dear friend, introduce himself. Tell the people your name. Sir, yes, sir. It's Mr. PhD and me himself. The okay. Quinn Johnson Sr., man. The one, the only. Early. <laughs> Early. So look, I um I know this is uh it's been long overdue. And um yes. so I don't wanna I don't wanna waste any time with any uh unnecessary whatever you want to call it but um i do want to start off by you know you telling your your story a little we're diving into your story a little bit but we're gonna do it in reverse okay i want to start off with where you're at now and then we'll dive into how you got there and then uh after that i got some questions we you know if you're down we could just run through them and uh see where it gets us man because i know them jews is in there and i want you to share with the people yeah, for sure, for absolutely. sure. So, um, you are currently in the military? At the duty military. At the duty military. How many years? 13. 13. 13. It's been 13 years? It's been 13 years strong. It's a long time. Long time. Okay. It's a lot to uh, shout out to all our uh, active military members, man, because yes. without you, we wouldn't be able to celebrate the freedoms and liberties that we have today. Absolutely. So, Salute to that. Now, you've active duty, thirteen Seven. years. You're also a father. Absolutely. Father Four. of how many? Four. Four. Okay. What's the breakdown Man. on that? So the breakdown: two and two, two boys, two girls. The For girls sure. are the oldest. Of course, you know the ladies come first. Yeah, and they did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. they always come first for me, and they they did. Um, it's a blessing to have those those girls first because they motherly instincts. The helper instinct. They they helpers by design. Yeah. You know, just like women are designed to be a natural uh helper mother and father. So assisting with the things that the boys have going on is almost yeah. like an extra parent. So I look, I want you I want you to elaborate on that a little bit because you know we live in a time where some people might misconstrue that. Okay. And uh, you know, people are a lot kind of sensitive nowadays right. to kind of like Cause I don't want to say the F word, but uh, you know, a lot of women tend to think that men want them in a certain position due to traditional gender roles or such have you. And I just want you to elaborate on what you mean by the, the help in that way. Not like the help, the but help you know, mate. Right, the helpmate. <laughs> yeah. To give people a better understanding of what you mean by that. Um, to to really unpack the the terminology or the title yeah. of, of helpmate. Uh, a woman is by design there to multiply whatever the male plant seed in inside her. Yeah. So naturally, by by nature's design, Mother Nature herself, you know, she she designed them to multiply whatever it is that's planted in that womb, in that mental, in in her, in her heart. So whatever you're giving a woman, whether it's good or bad, she's gonna multiply it. Okay. So that's why, as a helpmate. She has her own purpose, 
and and absolutely with with my situation i'm my wife's biggest fan i'm my wife's biggest cheerleader and and we we kind of alternate the roles where she has taken the back seat and cheered me on so that this family's floor could you know elevate higher so you have a ceiling and you have a floor and and the things i was able to do in the last 13 years it solidified that the lowest that we can fall is a certain level and she was my only not only my biggest but my only cheerleader for those years yeah uh when people were seeing accomplishments met they weren't seeing the work you know when you see a star athlete stand in front of the the crowd at the espies you see that athlete holding up that trophy but it took more than that athlete to win that trophy yeah you don't see the trainers and the parents you see the movie you don't see the camera crew right without him there's no movie you know and and i always thought of my life as being not literally a movie but i get to direct. it's a movie bro it's a movie bro i get it's to direct movie. i get to produce yeah you ever thought about it like that like i whatever whatever i get out of life i kind of design you know internally and mentally what it is that i that i wish that i desire and, and i get to put the money up i get the marketing yeah i get to tell you when it's coming out yeah you know what i mean so it's like just like that i took my life and and kind of broke it down just like that like if there's something i want to do in life i'm gonna put my all into it i'm gonna put the right cast around me. that's why i'm here with you yeah. like i don't trust everybody with the production of my movie you see sometimes you see some of that some the actors might get fired or the director might get replaced and yeah. we going with a different producer on this one because everybody has their place within that space but if you're not operating the way i need you to operate and it's my movie i call the shots absolutely so she kind of she kind of pushes me to that extent where she keeps me on task she keeps me on time hey did you make it there hey did you do you need this i'm gonna pack your bag because you always forget so that helpmate she's so much more important than that word but that's all god gave us to to call her right you know what i mean okay and and we exchange that role because if she trying to do anything currently the way we sitting in the military i'm about to be on my way out of the door and she's she's a little younger than i am so she still has those good years left yeah so what i'm doing now i'm taking that back seat that passenger seat and i'm cheering her on as she's getting promoted as she's getting more responsibility and it's kind of like she played that role for so long she played that backup role for so long but now the star player i'm hurt i'm literally hurt yeah so she's done her role to such perfection she's although she wasn't shooting the ball she still was in the gym working on her shot yeah so when 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 i went down with the knee injury i literally went down with a knee injury and i'm getting out of the military now it's her time right. i'm on the bench i'm on the crutches but i'm cheering her on because i watch her put in that work i watch her come in the league and not be able to really score and yeah. not be as quick as everybody but now man she's operating at such a high level it's it's weird to her but i knew it was going to happen i called it and i was like when it's your turn we, we never can live below these means but you always were the prime factor in the way this family goes because when i make money it's our money yeah but i make enough money to take care of all five of us 
all six pretty much but anything she makes is additional it's, yeah. a, it's an additional income it's an additional asset to our family so sometimes we get to use those ends to create a new avenue for ourselves that's yeah. why the woman is super important yeah. you don't want to be the only bread you want to be you know in a position in in stature of your family to you know be at that authoritative role but your woman shouldn't be too far behind yeah. even as her leader you shouldn't allow her you shouldn't allow yourself to outgrow her to that extent absolutely like, that's deep that's deep <laughs> i, I want to share one thing before we get away from it because it, it just touched me a lot of people admire where we're from they admire our work ethic in the gym and a lady asked me the other day she was like i, I gotta talk to y'all i gotta ask y'all this i love i love seeing you two in the gym together you always here together and i said yeah it's it's simple to me i never want to outgrow my, my my wife if i'm getting better i need her right beside me at least making the effort to get better i can't come here every day with the intentions of, of leaving here a better man and she not follow my lead and come in the gym with me and with the intentions of leaving a better woman i don't i don't plan on leaving her i don't plan on leaving her early so why would i not take care of the only thing on this earth that i own which is my body to ensure i'm here an extra day an extra second if something goes down and i fall ill all of that work that you put in prior to falling ill is gonna come into play whether your heart beats another day or not yeah she's not gonna spend this money without me dog she's not gonna live that life without me i'm gonna be right beside her i watched men for years build these lifestyles and as soon as they get to the mountaintop pass away heart attack or something drop dead and now the woman standing at the top of the mountain by herself yeah because he didn't take care of the one thing that he owned on he took care of everything else and didn't take care of the one thing that he actually owns yeah. on this earth his vessel yeah so I, I make sure that if i'm reading she reading if i'm working out she working out if i'm walking she walk because i never want to get to that point where i look beside my mate and like kind of outgrowing you you know what i mean right. like i need you to grow with me, you yeah. know so that yeah. that's what's up man <laughs> so okay we uh we're at the military you're a husband you're a father you're also the uh, CEO of PhD and me. Now, tell me a little bit about where that came from and where you're at with that now. So, it's approximately, what, 2018, roughly 2019, end of 2018, early 2019, uh, I was working, I was actually working on my master's degree. And, uh, <clears throat> I I was in a program where I was studying all of these topics. I was learning so much about not necessarily unnecessary topics, but just about, you know, things that the typical the typical conversation, dinner table conversation never gets to. So I'm learning about world events, uh business, certain business aspects, learning about how the world is really ran from a business perspective. Because you major, you got a master's in uh, business. Business administration. Okay. okay. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, it was a long journey to get into that. It, four degrees in, two associates, bachelor's, master's, and still learning to this day. Yeah, we, ain't, we ain't going to just skip over that either. <laughs> you can't. Cause yeah. It's a part of the story. It's a yeah. part of the journey. Right. Uh, those, those like uh, minor degrees, those 
associate's degrees, they laid the foundation. Yeah. And society, they take a they take a backseat in society, but to a person that's coming from poverty, that's not just small feet. That's a that's a great leap from a person who, you know, went to a public school and had free lunch and yeah. going to another level. Just going to college was a, was an adventure. It was a journey. You know, the <laughs> yeah. first year first year after graduating, I just sat home. I thought I was gonna make so much money because I was out of school now and. It wasn't that wasn't reality. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't the reality that I was faced with. Yeah, so it's definitely the reality that they sell people though. Sell it. Oh, you gonna make this much money. Well, guess what? You give a eighteen year old with a minimum amount of information. Not a degree, not a high school diploma. You only have a minimum amount of information. Yeah. Plus you fatherless. So you got less than half of the information you're supposed to have. Mm. I can't give like the the way the world really works is the more information you have, the more worth that you bring to yourself. A lot of this is about self-work. A lot of people want money, like they got these millionaire dreams and these, you know, poverty mindsets. Mm -hmm. you, you're never gonna outthink, you know, reality. You're never gonna out, you know, outsmart. You can't give a 18 year old a million dollars right away like that. Yeah. You just don't know enough life. All, all at that point at 18, bro, I was a consumer. Yeah. I was a consumer. If you gave me that million dollars, I just would have gave it to another millionaire. Because I would have bought everything that the other millionaire selling. Yeah. Everything. The car, the house, the jewelry, the shoes. Michael Jordan would have had all my money. <laughs> he don't even him need and, it. Uh, him and T-Mac. He don't even need it. <laughs> don't even need he it don't at all. Need it. But, but that's how we were trained. Yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, PhD and me started as a solo situation or it was never a solo situation. It was always a conversation uh, via me and my brother Jamie. He's actually my younger cousin, uh, if you want to talk bloodline, but we were raised because of the way we were raised. He was always my uncle <laughs> because of the the magnitude of my family. The dynamics of my family changed uh, with a tra uh, a tragic event. My my grandmother was killed in front of all of her kids, and uh, my mom was six. Yeah. So, with that you know happening at such a just early age, it kind of it just threw everything. It threw it threw the whole family off dynamic because you know uh when you're dealing with a domestic homicide you don't lose one parent right. <laughs> you lose both parents same yeah. time yeah so uh, i never knew that yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh when we met when we were in lincoln village yeah a couple of months after we moved out of lincoln village was like one of the first times i seen some of my cousins and aunts in a long time one second one second yeah. We're gonna edit that part out. <laughs> so um, yeah. Yeah. So Marker fifteen twenty one. Mark this out for about five seconds. <laughs> so just take a little chill second. A little chill here for a second. You like the direction of the interview? I love it. Okay. Love it. Cool. Yeah. All right. In five, four, three, two. Remember where we stopped at? Yes. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. So on that on that day that the dynamics of my my family structure changed my oh yeah you said uh, lincoln village is when you ran into a lot of your family yeah, well, again, right yeah. lincoln village and the 
security yeah. home security days yeah um that's when we started back uh making contact with a lot of aunts cousins and things like that because for so long once my mom was removed uh first of all we're talking about 60s early 60s my mom was born in 1960 so talking about roughly 66 grandmother was tragically killed back in those days nobody wanted girls nobody yeah. <laughs> nobody wanted girls because you know what girls bring so yeah everybody shipped the girls out everybody fought over the two boys yeah. so my my mom was fortunate enough to land in a pretty good probably the best spot she could have landed in so she landed uh with jamie's father which i knew as my grandfather because raising somebody from six you her dad now yeah. i don't care what your position was prior to that that doesn't matter anymore yeah. so that was her father um his his two kids were her brother and sister yeah and then jamie came way later which made him my uncle right so my whole time of knowing him my well i, I didn't meet him until later in life either but because they didn't know about him but either way um my whole time of knowing him uh, i was i was his nephew you yeah. know until we kind of dove into the story later and i was like hold on we cousins man that's kind of <laughs> weird i'm older than you anyway yeah. but so we you know being being absent father child growing up we look for we look to other males we gravitate to other males to to have that maturity that maturation process that bouncing things off of each other because you know i don't have the direction you don't have the direction but you may have seen or came across something in life that can kind of assist me so that's how our we kind of learned that we could talk to another male through each other yeah. we would talk about personal issues we were going through with with each other and it was like man he had some answers the boy was always kind of he was goofy but he was wise and, yeah. and when i would get him in that atmosphere when he talked to me he would talk to me at the level he felt i would that's why the conversations were always so mature it was yeah. never like you know we had our fun where we you know we worked together for a long time so we we have to pass the time right. but when it was serious he knew hey i gotta call you about something so we we would have conversations we would have dialogue and we would grow from the conversations man like I, as a man for some reason we just don't believe anybody else on the earth is going through what we're going through at that same time or ever went through it. it's almost like we're the first ones yeah you know what i mean and it, it definitely makes you feel isolated yes because yeah. we are we handle emotional events inward yeah we in we internalize the emotion you know what i mean and and i had to learn that like man i gotta learn how to express this because this will kill you quicker than a bullet stress will kill you quicker than a bullet man yeah it'll aid you it'll it'll get you up out of here yeah so when mm. i learned like it was it was almost like a game changer like hold on i can talk to another dude and i can get answers no judgment so we we did this for years man he saved my life he saved my marriage and i, I went to him one day because i'm a i'm a creator that's what i always did man i always was a creator and i was like look man, these conversations we have in, in private they are private but the results man gotta be public man we gotta we can actually change the trajectory of most of these young men's lives knowing that somebody like this was 
before the podcast era blew up. Right. I don't know how I was so ahead of it, but I was. It, it just came to me, man. I was like, we gotta, we gotta get this on film. Yeah. So the name PhD and me, it came from all of the work being put in, and and when I when I was uh, attending limestone college for my masters everybody was like man you got to go get your phd you got to go get your phd and i was thinking like man i'm getting all these degrees but i don't know myself mm. i don't know i know more about business than i know about laquin yeah what you getting your what you getting this in what you, what you getting your phd in nah, so i'm getting my phd in myself man mm. i need to learn i gotta take this thing back to the to the soil and i gotta learn me yeah. and i learn what i like i learn what i like what i don't like as a man yeah i never really knew how to express i don't like that hey i don't like that hey don't yeah. talk to me like that don't don't call me that i need i never because in our era that was weakness yeah you know <laughs> weakness man and i was like yeah. man i'm getting my phd myself yeah. and that's where the name kind of came from were you were you uh were you ever afraid of what you might find when you look in with like that definitely definitely i found <laughs> uh a lot of things that i thought i knew i didn't know you know and i, I learned a valuable lesson of I hate the word because it's misused but I, I found a lesson about the truth man like mm. i find out you don't own the truth man it ain't even the truth is whatever you feel like it is because mm. take me my brother my sister for example three people grew up in the same house ate the same food went the same places went to bed same time turned out to be three totally different people we had the same we had the same perspective but a different vantage point mm. i was always looking at life from a different most of us taught to look at life for what is yeah i taught myself i don't know if it the barney era i don't know what it was but i never looked at how things were and how bad they were i always saw what could be like how Imagination is a very powerful, powerful the tool. Most powerful. Yeah. The most powerful. Yeah. It allows you to overcome the reality. It'll shape it. Yeah. It allows you to create a new reality. Mm. Think about this. Everything, everything aside me, even me and you, everything on this planet, probably besides nature and trees, man architect. Absolutely. From his imagination. From that's yeah, you know, that's powerful. You know how my kids got here? I saw that fine woman, and in my mind, I knew I could be with that woman. It started here. Yeah. That woman thought she could have me. I thought I could have her. It yeah. didn't just, you know what I mean? Right. So, everything, man, everything from this table, this book, everything, man, everything you could put your hands on, even your hands, yeah. started here. Yeah. So I taught myself that. No matter how hard things were, I, I took the lessons, man. I just took the lumps. Like, you know what? I never do that again. I never, I never uh, have to live with anybody again. I never have to ask for a ride. I never have to borrow money. So all of the things that people were ingesting as the worst 
things that could happen to him, I took it as that's the best. Yeah. If that's the best you got and I made it through, that's why. <laughs> if you script a if you script a person that <clears throat> built everything from the ground up, they can get it again. Absolutely. But if you if you script a, a trust fund baby, he jumping off something, man. He finding something tall. <laughs> he getting up off of it. He gonna find something tall. And he, he out of here. Yeah, he out of Because here. he don't know how to recreate that. Right. You can take anything from me and you, bro. We'll have two of them tomorrow. Yeah. Because we done been there. I walked before, bro. I walked this this exact town. I almost know how many steps it is from one place to the next, man. Me and my mom and my brother and sister, we used to walk, man. Yeah. We used to walk this whole town. And yeah. people that would leave from the apartment complex that we walked from would blow the horn when they passed us, man. Yeah. One time, man, I, I found myself one time getting upset, like, no, they leaving. They know they got enough room in the car. Yeah. But I didn't, I never got angry with them. I took the situation as this, man. Like, I, I would I would go into my imagination as we walked up and down the street and I'd just play, I, I'll just make a game out of it until we got to the store. I hated grocery shopping. Most kids now love grocery shopping. Cause you know when we get done, we are gonna get in the nice, the nice GMC Yukon. It got like eight seats. You know we gonna put the food in the back. Every piece of food that my mom picked up, bro, I was like, cause I know I had to tote it. Yeah. I know I gotta tote it. I had to put them around my arms all the way up to the shoulder. The bags. Yeah. The milk. I got it. Cause I knew my sister couldn't carry it. I knew my mama wasn't carrying it. So. The things that would excite some kids, man, it was it was, it was devastating. Yeah. But I learned I, I learned a lot of like self discipline. I learned a lot about myself. Like if this the worst you could throw at me, you know, I'm gonna oh, be yeah. alright. Right, for sure. <laughs> okay, so we got again just to kind of you got a long list of achievements, my guy. <laughs> the podcast would just be about Yo, that. If we listen, did. listen. And I want to say, you know, coming from that place with you, man, and I'm very proud of you. If I never told Appreciate you, I'm it. telling you again for the world to hear. I'm very proud of you, man. I mean, a lot, man. So you got at the military 13 years. Yes. Man, people don't stay on a job that long. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> military. Yes. Father, yes. College educated yes. multiple times. Yes. Business owner. Yes. Husband. Yes. And all of that is where you at currently, right? And you you told me the inspiration behind PhD and me, uh, or PhD me, and the inspiration behind why you go so hard, right? But my my thing is, now that you're here. And I know you were saying how like, uh, you know, coming up with your moms in certain situations and having those experiences like walking to the grocery store and feeling those emotions coming from that. When did it start? When did it start to turn around for you or when did it start to feel different? Like you said, you had an imagination and that was a powerful tool for you. Yeah. Coming up through those times, like when did you know? you didn't want to do what everybody else was doing you didn't want to be a product of your circumstances like when when did you when did you get that feeling 
Because uh, even, when, even when we were young, you know, a lot of the, the dumb stuff, you just didn't want no parts of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and people kept you away from it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, yeah. when did all that happen? Because it's been like that since I met you. You see what I'm all saying? Right. So, it's ironic that you touched this. We're a little, we're a little ahead of time right now, but I'm, I'm going to share the story either way. So, a lot of people don't know this either. When I was three, when I was three years old, I I basically ingested poison. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know this. I didn't know none of y'all yet when this happened. Right. So basically, I lived in a rural area, you know, fields, tobacco fields, stuff like that. So anybody from the country, as we call it, yeah. if you stay in those areas, you understand the term when I say we have field mice. Right. And those jokers, you know, they they kind of big, so they'll they'll kind of come in and infest the whole situation if you don't. Yeah. They 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 multiply quickly. Quickly. So being that our house was directly in front, uh, well, my grandmother, I was staying. We were staying with my grandmother, and uh, being that we lived directly in front of them, you know, you got to take precautionary measures. You got to have poison and all these type of things to keep those out of your out of your house because we don't supposed to be there. You, you you know how nature works. We we move in and impose ourselves on their territory, right. and then we get mad at them because they're in our house. And it's like, right. nah, bro. You know, I used to live here first, right? <laughs> <laughs> you colonized. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah. And um, man, like even being like determined and and hard headed and stubborn, I was always like that. So yeah. my mom, like, I don't know how I saw it, but. It was this little like bag and the bag of rat poison it happened to be like yellow brown blue Black red candy. it looked like candy to your boy on three yeah you know what i mean so um and i believe it was a saturday because the way i remember it i remember cartoons and back when you know in the 1900s cartoons only came on on saturday <laughs> they didn't come 19, on all day it's <laughs> actual factual but to think about it it's like god you know, we had a whopping four channels <laughs> you know like <laughs> and i was the remote yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. so yeah. i was like man i want some of that candy and i don't know why they got it in the bottom like that that's crazy yeah. that's wild to me you don't put candy down there right but i didn't you know not understanding yeah. you know uh so she was like you, you can't touch that blah 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 whatever so I'm yeah there's still, nothing more appealing to a child than what you tell them they can't have you trying to keep me from you're trying to keep me from the Eminem's and the cartoons is on. And Mars what? Bars commercial just came on. Oh, yeah. I just dated myself. Mars Bars. <laughs> that's what that's called. I'm like, man, she ain't not about to stop me. Yeah, man, she can't stop me. No stopping you, man. When she turned, man, the, a kid is the closest thing to a ninja, man. Like yeah. they, they lightning quick and it quiet. Don't take long. Real light on their feet. Man, I got to that bag, man. I was munching. I was munching, man, and I kind of remember, you know, her screaming and all this stuff like that, and, you know, a couple of resuscitations later, a mm. couple of color changes later, mm. you know, I'm still here. I've always been a fighter, you yeah. know, and that kind of, like, even at three years old, man, I was like, hold up, like, I yeah. can't, I just can't do what I want, and I don't know, I don't know if having a near-death experience kind of brought me closer spiritually or 
mature myself, you know, quicker. Yeah. But ever since then, man, I kind of like, you know, I, I held myself back from the, the the temptations of things that you know I shouldn't have. Yeah, that'll definitely teach you not to be so if quick to indulge. If you're smart, a, a wise man learns from their mistakes. You know what I yeah. mean? And they don't keep making the same. Yeah. <laughs> a wise man don't make the same mistake twice. Right. So I had a crash course lesson that consequences are real. Early. Um, age don't matter. Mm. Don't matter. If you three and you touch the stove and it's hot, it's going to burn you. It ain't going to be like, nah, he three, bro. Don't do it. Nah, yeah. Not to him. Yeah. He don't know no better. And I, I learned then that, you know, ignorance is not an excuse. Ignorance mm. ain't even an excuse for no situation. So with that happening to me, it kind of matured me faster than y'all because i just got here and i almost you know what i'm saying went to the front desk and checked out i just got here yeah you know yeah and i was just kind of like early i just kind of knew that you know if it ain't for me don't touch it don't bother it so that that's why when you met me around seven eight years old i was, was kind of like chill like but I almost left here before you want to do that. <laughs> you might not want to do that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, it, it did crazy. a lot to me. That was one of the instances, you know, and and one of the one of the second instances that that plays over in my head that where I really started to mature as a man was I was how old was I when the Grant Hills came out? You remember Grant Hills? Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, that shoe changed my life. Man. I wanted really? that shoe so bad, bro. I never, I was never into that type of stuff growing up. Right. So this was roughly what ninety six, ninety something, nine six, nine five. I think uh, right around nine, the time five. Live came out. It's nine five nine six. I remember that. And uh, man, I had my pitch. Like I had my, I had my presentation together, man. Oh, yeah. I went to my mom, man. It was because it was my first time asking her for something. Yeah. And I was like, man, mom, like, I never, I started off with it. Like, I never ask you for anything. Disclaimer, that means somebody about to ask you for something. I don't <laughs> never ask you for nothing, nothing. I was like, mom, I never ask you for nothing. It's, it's one thing I want. And she kind of like, she kind of like bust my bubble. Like, yeah, you want that. But the reality of the situation, I'm a single mom, three kids. Yeah. I work as a crossing guard. I work two hours a day. I literally would have to work like a month to get you those shoes. Mm. And it was just kind of like, ah, it was gut punching. Like, man, she ain't gonna get them. I'm still gonna get them. Yeah. <laughs> so I found out that, you know, where we came from, there was a situation where they would allow smaller children to, you know, do odd jobs. There was no child labor laws yet. <laughs> right. So I was allowed to work in this little field, this little tobacco farm and uh, like pick weeds. We were short. So they kind of used us to, to pick the weeds out of the ground so that the adults didn't, you know, they can just keep moving along the roads. I remember yeah. that. And uh, we all went out there and, you know, my big sister, I love her to death. She, she lasted about a couple of days. Yeah. But your boy, like, I knew that there was a goal in mind that i was trying to trying to achieve yeah. so i was like well you know i'm gonna work this job until i get to this goal well the first week i made like 200 dollars. go me i'm like i'm, I'm like nah you're gonna give you're gonna give me the 200 for real right 
man, I came back every day, every day, every every day that whole summer, man. I was able to like, I was able to buy all of my clothes for that year and give my mom money. So to me, that was a defining moment in my maturation process. As a man, at nine, I grew into a man because I did something that most men won't ever do. Set a goal, achieve it, uh, uh, work hard for it, made it honestly. You know, I did. A, I checked off a couple of lists, all because of the desire that I had for those pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. And and I learned that day, like, or that that specific summer, if there's something I want, and there's something I need, or or there's a, I gotta find a way to get it. You know, yeah. I can't let the two stay apart for too long. I I gotta solve that puzzle. I gotta find that middle piece to say, want how to get it I got to put it together yeah. that's how my life worked like if there's something that gonna take time to get I'm gonna start it now I'm gonna walk it down later and we just gonna we're gonna progress every day I'm gonna take a step forward every, every day. day every yeah. day to get it every day no matter what the end goal is man I take a step forward if just one step just yeah. take a step forward you know and ask the question you you might like the answer you get right hey, you a hire a nine-year-old yeah, we are. You come on. The question. I got my, my grandmother has this thing, man. She told me this, and she still says it to this day. But it's stuck with me. The worst they can do the is tell you no. That's the worst. You won't die. You ain't gonna get beat up. Nothing. Nothing. Just gonna say no, and then you got a billion other different ways to figure it out. Life's so simple that it's complex. It's so simple. Yeah. It's so simple. Think about the things that cost people their life, cost yeah. people the most, the highest cost that you can pay. It's, so, it's usually something so simple, man. It's, it's usually a minor, a minor discrepancy. Yeah. And, and, and attention to detail. That's what we call it in the military. It's just yeah. a minor mishaps and attention to detail that can cost mm. you the most. And, and that's how life is, man. It's just, you know, if, if there's a problem, it's normally because if you got an engine problem, the engine didn't just mess up all of a sudden. I promise you it was leaking oil. I promise you it needed a, you know, yeah. a full tune-up and you just didn't get it. Right. It was the minor. It was the minor upkeep that caused the major destruction. That's how your life can be. That's how your body can be. That's how your relationship can be. you got to take care of the minor stuff gotta you gotta check you know when the, when the check engine light come on <laughs> you yeah. gotta you gotta see what's going on don't just ride you know black people ride through the check engine light 13 14 years they'll ride with the check engine light on yeah. and the car blow up on the side of the road and they distraught like man i don't know how i'm gonna get to work <laughs> check like the check engine light been on since nine six man <laughs> you thought it was gonna go forever yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, (laughs) so you had a life-altering situation at three. Yeah. Then you had an opportunity or a situation that arose that really taught you the disciplines of hard work. Yeah. Being willing to to go out and do the work to obtain the goal. Core values. Right. Core. There you go. So this is. That's a lot of value in a couple at of years. At what, 10? 9, 10. 10, 13, something like that? I was that? a grown man, man. Early. I was a grown man, man. Okay, so now we're looking into the teenage years. Yeah. 
when did I know you're heavy in the sports yeah so when did that what tell me about these teenage years so <laughs> um a lot of people didn't know that I hit a I had a rough patch roughly fifth grade fifth grade I went and stayed a summer with my with my pops and that was the first time I stayed a summer with him and uh, he had a he had a he had a drug issue <laughs> we'll just we'll say he had a drug issue and I man some of the stuff I saw with my own eyes arm left away from me it, it should have broke me, man. I should have been probably a professional drug addict because they was doing it right in front of me, man. Yeah. And I and I learned the power of when those drugs get a hold of you, man. It don't really, it don't care. The yeah. drugs didn't even care. I was his, you know, I was his son. Mm. He, he was doing it in front of me. You know what I mean? And yeah. he kind of. I was supposed to be there working for the summer. So instead of going and working with the other guys that I normally work with, I went with, it's my pops, man. This is my superhero, man. Right. Like, I'm going to go work out with Superman. I'm going to go work with Superman. I'm going to leave y'all alone. Right. So I, you know, God got a funny way of protecting you. And you can't, I learned something like, you can't protect somebody who, who don't listen to you. You know what I'm saying? And I tell my kids, I tell my wife the same statement. I can't protect you if you don't listen to me. Because I'm going to tell you the right thing. But you're going to do whatever you want to do. And I can't protect. That's when the line is blurred. So I say all that to say, as a, as a young boy, I was wondering why my dad wasn't in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I got a first-hand class in why he wasn't. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So God got a got a funny sense of humor of, you know, protecting don't always feel good. It don't always, you know, it ain't comfortable. Right. You know, if 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 you driving a long distance, wearing that seatbelt ain't comfortable, man. I swear yeah. it's nice all around my neck and yeah. you know, but if I hit it hit a wall going sixty, it's the only thing that can save me. Yeah. So it ain't, you know, as a man, it ain't about comfort. It's about doing what's right. Absolutely. You know, I don't, I remove all my feelings when making a decision. So, you know, God was protecting me. And, and I, you know, as a, as a young boy, you're going you gonna to want to be yeah. up under your father. So right. stayed the whole summer with him. I was the only one to do it. And uh, every day we would make money because he had his own business. You know, the man was blessed with his hand. So, man, we, some days we're like, $6,000 cause he pour concrete cut down trees paint build porches decks it, he could create out of his imagination the man was talented made a lot of money in his life but when you don't control your your urges or you don't apply self discipline it don't matter how talented you are man your discipline will undercut your talent any day yeah. your, your talent can't surpass your discipline you get what I'm saying? You can be the Say most gifted. Your talent will never surpass your discipline. Even if you get it, you can't sustain it. Mm. If you get glory out of your talent and you don't have no discipline, you'll be on the news. You'll be on the news. You're going to be reckless driving. You're going to yeah. be doing drugs, women, whatever it is. Right. If you ain't disciplined in that area, it'll steal your, it'll steal your joy. Discipline, Self-discipline is the only life worth living, bro. Because the moment you disrespect nature, God, or whatever, if you if you disrespect a law, even a natural law, 
the instant punishment most time is to take away the most precious thing you own, probably your life. Yeah. I don't disrespect natural natural laws, bro. Hmm. Natural law and most man laws, those parameters are put in place for a reason. Yeah. Respect the parameters. Stop trying to find ways to operate around the parameters. Operate within. It's nothing. You don't have nothing to work. They, they leave a lot of wiggle room. They do. Because you want you want things to be in black and white, but you don't. You don't really want it to be in black and white because the people that made the rules is the main people breaking them. So they got to leave some white space for themselves. They got to leave a little gray. Yeah. Between black and white, what that make? Gray. It's a whole lot of so gray. got to have some gray. Yeah. So they define what they want to define the way they want to define it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so you, you went and you got a better understanding of... Uh, what God had been, well, unknown to you, what God was protecting you from. Yeah. But you're still, I'm noticing something, you're still, you've been around hard work. Yeah. Like, from the beginning. Yeah. Even yeah. even with the negatives. Yeah. You're still showing up and working every day. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. He was and, on time. And teaching you skill sets yeah. and all these things. You're, you're also learning what you don't want. The flip side of having flip side. access experience to the experience directly. Right. I wasn't doing drugs, but I saw the repercussions of it firsthand. Yeah. Nobody didn't have to tell me I didn't need there. When we got to sixth grade, you remember Corporal Howard yeah. used to come to the school. Right. Good morning, Corporal Howard. We used to say that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even need him. Mm. I saw this. Right. I knew what he was trying to tell them. Yeah. So during that time period, you know, what we were making money my dad would give me hundreds of dollars boom, 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 boom. by the end of the night he'd take it back because he had to get his fix mm. so what i started doing i started giving the money to my grandma because we was we was always at my grandmother's house and uh he he got smart he was like where your money at and I was like you know i ain't got it where your money at grandma got it grandma got it so he started making me ask her for my money back so he can go get his fix so I got smart again. What can I do with the money where he can't get it, but I can still enjoy it? Spend it. Start buying. Every time we go to the store, I buy like $50, $100 worth of snacks. Boom. Day after day after day of that. Whole summer of that. That's when I came back. Sixth grade, I was fat. A lot of y'all don't remember that. <laughs> I was fat. I was depressed. I was broken, bro. I was broke. Like internally, I was dealing with some like, did I see two and a half months of the trenches? The trenches? <laughs> yeah, I did. So that's like I remember. I remember uh, one girl was like, "Who is that?" I'm like, I'm looking at them like, "It's me." Like, what you mean? It's just two months. What you mean? Yeah. But I was so unrecognizable mm. that you know the 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 environment changed me. Yeah. It, it changed me because, you know, dealing with the depression, dealing with his nonsense, that's how I dealt with it. You know what I'm saying? But it affected me directly. So I had to wear that weight. I didn't lose weight until summer of 10th grade. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get my growth spurt and lose weight until the summer of 10th grade. Really? So that 
that <clears throat> overweight that depression that's why i never played like sports and stuff yeah. like that when we were growing up y'all boys was playing like rec league and yeah that was all this stuff like i ain't even wanted to be seen right i was i was in the worst prison that you could put a person in in their mind yeah no bars no nothing and you can't escape it so with that you know that's when we came across uh the coach for the high school he lived right around the corner from me he uh I would walk to, uh, we moved across the lake over there. So it was what, North Hartsville. Yeah. So I would walk down the street to the to the court they had at the, uh, the school. Yeah. So that's how I started breaking my depression. Like I would go out there and I would throw the ball and, and you know, I couldn't make nothing because <laughs> I done missed the whole, all the experience, you know, all the, the layup lines and the, you know, the rent games. I missed all of that. Yeah. So that's why. A lot of y'all was so far ahead of me when it came to competitive sports yeah. but that was my introduction to competitive sports plus we didn't have a lot of money so you wasn't gonna play none anyway right. but you know being depressed battling that for so long it was just kind of like all right i got i got access you know i live by a, a, a court now so i would walk to the court every day still chunky still fat you know had my man boobs <laughs> so it was yeah. like um he saw me he saw me coming there every day and he knew i was terrible he yeah. knew i was terrible but it wasn't the talent that he saw he saw like the it's ethic right like, like i can't teach some of my star players that so what ended up happening was i was used as like a martyr piece like a bargaining piece yeah so he brought me he like you want to play you want you want to come to the you know to the to summer workouts and all this nobody never asked me nothing like that so i'm like yeah i come yeah. so i show up bro i can't make a lay i ain't never played in front of nobody at this point you got to yeah. think about that right. you just throwing yeah i'm i'm 15 with them but basketball age man i'm two months old <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm fat and short. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't really play. I, you know, it, it was always a struggle for me because, you know, I didn't have any of the fundamentals. I didn't have none of the basics in that particular, you right. know, field. But, you know, I, I came. I, I used to ride the bike from across the lake all the way to uh, to the high school. Yeah. Every day. First person there. Every day. That's crazy. That's crazy. It was cats live across the street. Cats lived across the street and then beat me 10 miles away. You know what I'm saying? And all of that pain and all of that, uh, all of that adversity, whereas it would have stopped another person, I used it. Right. <laughs> that was fuel. Right. It was so crazy. When I get to the gym, when I used to get to Hartsville High, I was loose. You know how everybody got stretched. Right. I just rode 10 miles one way. What you talking about? <laughs> Matter of fact, man, I just need some water and I'm ready. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing, man. <clears throat> a lot of obstacles, you know, that 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 you see or you come across in your life that's presented in your life is not designed to stop you, man. It's you can use that as a as an opportunity, man. Use the obstacles as obst opportunity. Yeah. Obstacles are opportunity. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so um <clears throat> So this is your introduction into sports. To sports, mm -hmm. how critical were the things you learned in sports? And because you, let's see, from fifteen up until what point was that that journey of your life? 
Because you so started again making money again at what? We were about what, 17? Not quite 17, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you yeah. got with I was working with right? yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. So wh what did you learn from sports and how did it prepare you for this next chapter in your life? So I always express that sports is probably one of the best, purest form of teaching in the world because it's patient. It doesn't fuss at you. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't get upset with you when you when you're not doing anything right. It's just it's pure, man. It's one of the purest teachers. The highs and lows are frequent. You know what I mean? Like you might be on a high right now, and 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 a few seconds later in the same in the same game, you just. You know the lowest you ever been in your life you know yeah. what i'm saying you same game <laughs> you experiencing success and during the celebration of success you experience defeat you know Absolutely. what i'm saying and it's just one of the purest forms of teaching that i've ever met in my life yeah. and i fell in love with it because i learned that if i could outwork the competition if i could if i could compete against the best you know with with less resources less uh support yeah you know all, all of the things that they didn't even realize were things they had advantages over me. Yeah, I flipped it on. Yeah, you know, like uh, a lot, a lot of people from our hometown they know about my my athletic ability. Yeah, they don't realize like that came from no weights. That came from the struggle. Yeah, like like walking ten miles one way. Yeah, that'll do something to your your mental and your physical. It's a it's a it's a building, it's a foundation to your mental and your physical that a lot of young people won't ever experience. Because yeah. in the midst of the, the problem and the solution, the problem is I don't have a way to the gym. Yeah. The solution to most weak-minded people is I'm not going. Mm. To a strong-minded individual, I don't have a ride to the gym, it's hot, it's raining. To a strong mind, <laughs> you got two rides. <laughs> let's get there let's, get, let's there. get there and then the rest to take care of itself yeah as you know and i know we had a we got a guy from our neighborhood macy Haynesworth. yeah if you got to the gym and you had to walk back home nine times out of ten he'll take you yeah get there 90 percent of life itself is showing up bro. yeah 90 percent yeah like the other 10 percent you know you'll find out when you get there yeah, but, but most people never get. They don't there. even never get there. <laughs> they find the excuse good enough to not even make the journey. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a block away. I'm a couple blocks away. When I when I when I get there, I'm gonna be loose. Right. <laughs> all the be, advantages. It, of, all the advantages of yeah. what you deem it's as perspective, a man. Perspective, everything. Yeah. So I will get there. I will get the the summer practices before everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I was more embarrassed of having to ride the bike. Because you know where we came from. If you pull up on a bike, like everybody gonna be clowning because all of them getting dropped off. They getting dropped off, so they like, oh yeah, you had to ride it on the bike or you had to walk. Yeah. So I had to get there first, so they didn't even know how I got there. Mm. So the whole time, you know, they were clowning me and stuff like that because I just I didn't have the skill. It was I don't feel bad about it anymore, and I didn't feel I didn't feel bad about it even then. But it shaped my mind. It was like they were like laughing and stuff. And I'm like, y'all don't even know. I don't even supposed to be here. Right. <laughs> I don't oh. even supposed to be here, honestly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that whole summer, bro. He kind of um, he didn't let me play and stuff like that because I was I was trash. And uh, 
we went to this camp. We we ended up going to this camp and but you practiced though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I showed up, man. I, I definitely showed up. And he never seen nothing like that. He was like, man, this little he's stubborn. He determined. He showed he show up every day. Sometimes I'll be worse the next day. But I kept coming. Like it was something that I was just like, man, I don't I, I like this. Yeah. You know, and this is the first thing somebody asked me to play. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, about the camp. What happened at the camp? So we ended up going to uh college in north carolina right my first time out of the city yeah bro i'm walking i'm walking in the city yeah how i'm gonna go somewhere out the city right you know what i'm saying so i'm, I'm like all right mom but but we're about to have the summer camp i want to go to the summer camp you know mom look at me with the, you already know like if you go to that camp you ain't getting no clothes you ain't getting no shoes because you you're gonna miss the whole summer you can't work right thought about it thought about it Bet, mom, I want to go to the camp. It, I just couldn't. Something just wouldn't let me not go. You know what I mean? So we go to the camp. Ironically, my nickname that he said at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. This is the first time any one of us hear Ludacris album. Yeah. Because they were already, you know, like stuff kind of skip South Carolina and, yeah. and go straight to North Carolina and, and Georgia. And it's like kind of we are in the middle. We like, what? how you skip past us? You know what I mean? Right. But we like the biggest supportive group of people on the new trends, and we always get it late. We get it last. Yeah, it's a hit by the time we hit. Yeah. So by the time it came to South Carolina, it was already a hit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What's your fantasy was a hit before it got to us. But that we, we was playing that song and I was the first person. If anybody watching this from our from our city, you would know what I'm talking about. We had a coach who had a rule that you couldn't have hair. You had to have a clean shave. You had to wear a unit wear like a suit, suit and tie a game wear, day. Yeah. So I come along. <laughs> the nobody. I'm yeah. the nobody of the group, bro. I'm the nobody. Nobody knew who I was, where I came from, or why was I there. Yeah. I was like, you know, if you you kind of know me, you know, I got Indian in my family, so my hair grows fast. Like I got big curls in my hair, so I'm like, yeah, bro. The good I'm, stuff. I'm not good cutting stuff. my hair. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm not cutting. So it starts this. It sparks this little trend where he was like, all right. He don't gotta cut his hair. Then everybody started growing their hair. Yeah. <laughs> and so everybody got braids because I don't know. It, it just took a sometimes it takes a person standing who, up, man. Standing up or being smart enough or being just that dumb enough to make some change. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I was just that ignorant. I was like, I don't know what the rules is. I just got here. He asked me to be here. I'm not cutting my hair. So I I, I started a trend where from that point on, everybody was able to grow their hair. So they, yeah. they love me for that part. You know yeah. what I mean? Don't put them on the court. <laughs> but yeah, so we go into this, uh, we go into this game and uh he put me in and end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the last game, the last seconds of the tournament. So we were going home after this. So he puts me in the game and everybody like, get him the ball, get him the ball. Cause uh for some reason, I always had a knack of scoring, but I just couldn't really play like that. Yeah. So they give it to me and shoot the half court J and. Oh yeah. Man, they went crazy. They went crazy like, 
I'm I'm a hundred percent from the field. I'm one for one. Y'all been shooting all game. You ain't got nothing. You sorry. I I shot and made the first basket. Of the, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. man, they crowded me around. Boom, 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 boom. Man, it was so fun. The the ride there was so different from the ride back. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, man, highs and lows again. I love sports, man. I went yeah. from low, man. I was up here. Yeah. So we get back. We get back to Hartsville High late, man. Everybody tired. Coach lived three and a half minutes away from me. Yeah. My mama ain't coming. Yeah. We ain't got no car. She ain't coming. Right. She even told me that before I got there. Like, I don't know how you go get back. Right. But I'm, I'm going, showing up. There we go again. So we, he like, I got you. I take you. Coach about six, four, six, five, two, sixty. Yeah. Big dude. Yeah. So he he you know he bring me home and uh, we stayed in this little apartment complex across the lake, right across from that church. Uh, as soon as you cross the lake by the market, by the by the corner store. So there's this little handy shop in front of where my house is in the back. We're standing in these little little houses in the back of the spot. Pulls in. I still remember it, man. It's, I'm a visual person. We pull in, kind of halfway, cat a corner a little bit. Park off of the road, but into the you know into the driveway. Look over, I look over at him. I'm about to thank him and appreciate him. You know what I'm saying for bringing me home, for inviting me to the tournament. All right, all right. You know he. This is what he said, bro. He was like, "Well, you got a hell of a work ethic. You know I ain't never seen nothing like it. You probably won't play for me." You probably, he said, you won't play for me, and you probably play, you probably won't play anywhere in your life, and you probably won't ever amount to anything. This is what he said to me. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. It's the first time I'm saying it out loud. It's like you probably won't ever do anything. You probably won't ever amount to anything, man. But feel like you got a lot of heart, and you know what I mean. Like keep playing, keep working. I didn't really know what to do with that. <laughs> you know what I mean. I ain't knew. Like, it's really like that. Like, I didn't even know you could talk to me like this. You, you, you know, you're a head coach and a teacher. But I took it. You know what I'm saying? I, I processed it. My face was kind of stiff. Yes, sir. I'll show you. You know what I mean? Like, I'll show you. Got out of the car. Never, I never had a conversation with him again. But that conversation stuck with me, bro, to this day. Don't tell me I won't be like you. The nerve. Do you not know who I am for real? I don't even supposed to be here, literally. You know what it took for me to even <laughs> to even come to this camp? Nah, he ain't know. That's what I'm saying. He ain't like, have a clue. You don't know what you I gonna gave say that up. To me? You don't know what I gave up to be here, man. And that's some of y'all that that are gonna be watching this, man. That's what you gotta you gotta internalize that. Don't portray that on everybody, but internalize that. Fuel. Use that as fuel, like. You don't know what I even did to be here, man. So I yeah. take it, you know, I take it and and get out the car, come in the house. I'm kind of teary eyed a little bit because I'm I'm mad, but I know I can't beat him. He's 6'6", 230, 240. Yeah. I ain't stupid. I'm mad, but I ain't stupid. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. yeah, what to do with that, man? Like, what to do with that, you know? And I kind of always thought, like, man, if I had better protection, you know what I'm saying? If I had. If I had a, a, a present father in the situation, 
I'd have never even encountered, but that I probably wouldn't become who I was. Right. You know what I mean? Like in some universes, man, the tragedy gotta happen for you to turn into the triumph. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I took it. I ate it, bro. Nobody never heard me say that out loud. Nobody. That's where a lot of this stuff come from, bro. I internalized that mm. because that day I taught myself I don't want to play sports. I don't want to play sports for a living. I want to use this. I'm gonna outsmart that cat. Cat don't know more than me. I knew more than him that day. He told me that. Mm. <laughs> Half mm. his age. It's like yeah. He don't know. He don't know me. I was like I, I just kept saying that like he don't know me. You don't know me. He just labeled me, put me in the box, my future, my present, and my past in the box, and threw it like you ain't never gonna be nothing. He told me that. Said, All right. <laughs> Drove you home, contemplating that, and then had the balls to say it to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But and you and you look at that, and you say, "Look at me now." <laughs> Can't even say it to him. He ain't here no more. Mm. You know what I mean? But yeah, so they, you know? Yeah. Shout out to that. It's tough, man. It's tough, man. That the things that people endure on a day to day that most people don't know. You looking at me? You look to me sometimes for for guidance and information. But bro, if I'd have let certain situations define me, bro, I wouldn't even. Yeah, cause see, I'd have never become. And when I think about it. We're the same age, come from the same place, and there was choices that were available to you, just like they were available to me, but I took them and you didn't, Yeah. and you see how things went, yeah. and uh, fortunately, you know, the most I saw fit to allow me to turn that around, and here we are again, and you're welcoming me, like welcoming me to, bro, you should have been here a long time ago. But I'm glad you're here. <laughs> and this is what it should have been like a long time ago. And with PhD me, that's what you want to do for people around the world, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So, in, um, wow, that, that's heavy. That's heavy. So tell me, tell me the mission statement behind PhD and me, and what is it? Because we'll get to the book in a second. Right? Got to get to the book, but the mission statement for the company. So basically, I'm gonna condense everything that's written. We all exist in, in three different phases: mind, body, and spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very important to understand the Trinity when it comes to those three individuals. Those are three different individuals. You do know that. I know you know that. Even if you tell me you don't, I'm going to tell you why. Because your mind and your spirit can be aligned and, and, and your body can want something that the other two tell them is not. Absolutely. And whichever, the, whichever wolf is the strongest is the wolf that's going to win. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why it's important. It's important for all three to be aligned at all times because they can get out of line. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got four tires in, on your car and one tire can need alignment. But when that one tire need alignment, it controls and it it, it messes throws, up, up, yeah. throws out the balance of all the other three tires. Absolutely. So if you if you if you think about it, 
as the mind goes. Wherever your mind is, your feet will be planted. You get what I'm saying? Like, I just came off a, a trip from Cabo. My mind went to Cabo first. I looked at it, this is where I want to go. And my feet followed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have to make sure that all three of these things are are aligned and it takes different work to align the three. So reading, gathering information, that's what's gonna fuel the mind. That's what the that's the exercise for the mind. Right. You want a big brain? Acquire information. Spiritual. If you need your spirit aligned, you need to you need to cleanse spiritually. You need to meditate. You need to find those things that realigns your spirit. Even if it takes some of us going to church, even if it takes some of us, like I said, just doing some hot yoga. That's a spiritual exercise. You know what I mean? That that everything is quiet. Everything is a controlled movement. Those things strengthen the spirit. Now you got the soul. You got you got the mind. Now you got the body. The body is the vehicle for your soul occupies your body. Mm -hmm. So if you if you want to hear the if you want to hear the voice of your soul, close your eyes and say something in your head. I guarantee you'll hear a voice. That's your soul. That's how you know that something is inside this vehicle. <laughs> it's a weird process, bro. But if you close your eyes and you think of a word or a color and you say it, you hear it. Yeah. Everybody does. Right. That that lets you know that you are a spiritual being occupying a physical presence. So you have to understand what fuels this physical body that you have. It's the only thing that you own. You know what I'm saying? So in this profession that I've chosen, I've chosen to strengthen a person's mind, body, and spirit because those are the things that are going to guide you in the directions in life that you feel like you want to go. If one of them are pulling the opposite way, you're not going to you're not going to make it happen. Right. So I don't believe in giving you all of this monetary information. I don't believe in giving a child a million dollars, man, because at the end of the day, he going to buy lollipops. You know what I'm saying? He's still a child at heart. Yeah. You know, so I, I really believe that if I want to change the the future mainly of the the male the the, the color male species um that's why they started because it, i'm not a racial person but i understand the dynamics you're gonna identify with what you look like <laughs> yeah most of us fathers today we're trying to be fathers and never had an image of a father in our life that yeah. makes it so much more difficult right you need, that's why imagery is important. That's why when we were growing up, the, the Cosby, the, the, the Uncle Phil, the Danny Tanners. I'm like, man, that's my pops because at least he bothered to show up. He came on every Friday, bro. Every Friday, this dude was at my spot in the house teaching yeah. me, talking to me. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't talking back you know to him per se but he showed up every friday <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean yeah those and lessons that he installed in those uh the kids i took those lessons on I too took, I the world took them yeah 
millions of people tuned in. I know they took. Yeah. And 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 imagery is 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 super important. Yeah. So I believe in if I want to shape the future, I first gotta become what it is that I wish to impose on people. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta you gotta be it before you can teach it. You gotta you gotta show it. That's yeah. how I know you know it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I took this journey of I don't know if you remember, but I. I post a picture, I was all in shape and all that. I was on that journey. Yeah. I was becoming as as I was writing this book, I was writing my story. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I took my health at 33, 34, I was in the best health that I ever been in in my life. My body was the most in tune, in shape. My mind was the sharpest. Yeah. Like I believe it was spirit, 33. Bro, my spirit was my spirit was so tight, bro. Like everything was yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was not my shadow was in line, bro. You know your shadow projects at an angle. Yeah. Man, it was in line, bro. Everything was <laughs> right here. And that was purposefully like that yeah. was I had to become what this is that I'm trying to teach. I I never believed that I should be standing in front of the world talking about a guy and that guy is a figment of my imagination. Right. I don't even know that guy that Yeah, that you know, yeah. treat your woman like and nah. Right. I'm gonna be that. So so PhD me is a consulting business or how would you how would you categorize it? But do hard, you that's the hardest thing in the world to do, man, because the the program once once you follow through the entire program, it's it's physical, it's mental, yeah, it's financial. It's 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 so many different things, but to categorize it, I had to put it as consultant. Okay. I had to categorize it as consultant because I don't just I'm a physical trainer. Uh, I'm a financial consultant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so many different things with the certificates to prove it. Right. So it's hard to tell you that I do one thing. Right. Which, if you know anything about business. Sometimes that's not a good thing. It's like, what do you do? And it's like, <laughs> right. what do you need? Because <laughs> right. yeah. whatever you need is what I do, but it's hard to sell that. Right. You can't sell everything, you know? Um, that's why most multi-million dollar businesses, they operate under different names because they want you to know them for that one specific mm -hmm. name and not confuse. You know, even if they own that other one, they kind of separate and differentiate themselves. Right. Because they want you to know they specialize in that. Yeah, they hide the service that they provide under a different brand for that, uh, for, for, that for that purpose. Yeah, no confusion. Right. So uh, you, the first leg, I guess, of uh, like the rollout, you started with the book. Define your goal. Define your purpose. I technically started with the workouts. Workouts with the okay. uh, personal training side. Okay. Okay. Um, Cause I'm a I'm a gym rat, man. I'm a yeah. I'm a really <laughs> big advocate of. There's no way, I can. Build a million dollar lifestyle and have a two dollar body. Mm. Like, everybody else in the world would enjoy my accomplishment besides me. If this vehicle, that I have spiritually chosen mm -hmm. to operate and I don't even maintenance it properly. Right. So I don't I don't even 
like if I see if I see a multi-billionaire and and he got the the, the stomach hanging over which is he, typical he, yeah, yeah yeah gluttony gluttony yeah. it's a sin yeah, <laughs> that's why for sure um I don't I, I wouldn't say I don't respect it but I don't understand it yeah like how can you because money can't save you once you know once that time expire and this is it's gonna expire because of you because of what you're neglecting to do yeah so i always believe for me to function you know at a certain level because I, I only believe in performing at a at a high level right. i wouldn't say perfection because that's not not my thing i don't believe in requiring perfection from my from my uh from my people or from anybody around me in my circle but i do require that you give your best right you know what i mean like i'm a i'm a guru with the workouts and and i warm up i'm not gonna throw no numbers out there but i warm up with two 225 230 this is how we stretch but <laughs> if i'm working with you i'm not gonna put that on you man i'm not gonna put that on you yeah <clears throat> i i never I never look outward. I never look outward when I'm comparing myself. I compare myself to myself. Right. And I only compare you to you. What you showed me yesterday, I need a little more to that. I need a little more today. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I'm over there repping 325, I'm not looking for that from you. I'm looking for your best though. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And a lot of people in the workout world when I first started working out, they would impose what they could do on me. Mm -hmm. But you got more time, more history. Yeah. You you have more more sweat equity underneath that bench press than me. Right. I, I can't just show up and and like when I first started working out, I couldn't do 225. I couldn't even put that on the bar. I never saw that on the bar at 30 something years old. I never saw that on the yeah. bar. Yeah. But. I worked out with the mentality of at the end of this, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be warming up. Yeah. And that's how I got there. I visualized it. And a lot of people didn't see because I worked out four o'clock in the morning, so you you know don't see it. Only a certain type of person up mm -hmm. at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the See when you go in the gym, just to chime in real quick, when you go in the gym and you look around at the folks that's in there with you at five o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. Occasionally you'll find somebody who it just works out schedule wise. But even then, even then, they're still a special sick. kind of people. Yeah. You, you, even if you're not <clears throat> professionally where you want to be, the kind of mindset you got to be there in the morning, you'll get there. You you you're going somewhere. You're on your way. You're on your way. <laughs> you're on your way. <laughs> you're on your way. <laughs> and then the, and then the people in there with you share that energy. Because when you so can walk good, in man. and hear crickets and just the cleaning of machines and because it's, it's just y'all. It's just y'all. These are my people. These are my family. These are my people. These are my people. <laughs> yeah. This is my tribe. Yeah. It's not this a lot, man. It's not a lot. Uh, my daughter's uh, like fifth grade teacher Tracy. Uh, I can't think of her last name. Jennifer, our classmate. Yeah. Jennifer Blue. Yeah. Um, and it's literally like less than 10 people I've ever seen on a consistent basis show up in that gym at 5 o'clock in the morning. 
everybody else start rolling in about six thirty-seven. But by then, the work is done. It's done. We got it all, bro. <laughs> we ain't got it all, man. The work is done, bro. Man, I learned quickly uh, the time frame that you arrive at the gym can dictate the level of your success. I've been in the gym. Say that, say that again. Say that again. So the time frame you arrive yeah. at the gym can generally dictate the level of success that you, you wish to experience. Because I've been in the gym with a couple of my 5 a.m.ers, and these are the people that can make something happen. Yeah. No phone call. No, I, I got to talk to, I am the somebody mm. that you need to talk to. Because I got to be there before my guys get there. Yeah. But I can't neglect this. I can't neglect the only thing on this earth that I truly own. I can't acquire the, the, the riches of the world and lose my natural vehicle, my natural body in the process. Yeah. When somebody tell me, like, I don't have time to go to the gym, <laughs> I look at them and like, man, you got less time than you thought you had. Because mm. I'm going to be here longer than you. Yeah. I, I, I work out like that, man, because I'm intentional about being here. I told my mom, bro, I want to live till I'm almost 200. Yeah. You think your body can survive? I, I know I know that's not possible in 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 a sense, but with that mindset, yeah. if I make it to 110, if I make it to 111, I mean statistically, they only giving people 70. 70. And they want 50 of that working. They want 63, 67, something. I think it's 67 so is the official retirement age. Nine, for full benefits. For full, full benefits. benefits. That's crazy. Bro, that's crazy. That's wild to me, man. I'm I'm beating down broke. Like the way I describe certain things now, it's like how much am I willing to accept to to stop chasing my dreams? Mm. Is it nine? Is it ten? Is it fifteen? You know, when we were coming up, man, twenty dollars an hour, man, you were rich, man. Like, dude, oh, man. And, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Since COVID hit, they throwing it out there. I mean, but they've been they throwing it wages. They throwing the wages around because the cost of living going up. And nine times out of ten, and you're inflation. doing the work of ten people. Yeah, because nobody don't want to work. You've been doing the work of ten people too, and they wasn't paying you close to what you thought you were supposed to be getting. But because they raised it, unknown to you, that they're still not competing with inflation and the cost of living. I love how you think, bro. It's, it just is not, it's bro. You, you're still losing. And they just, you're just not used to getting as much. But we all still end up. Uh, a lot of times, people end up acquiring more money and acquiring more bills. Yeah, when you when, get more. But it's like if you just stayed where you were, sacrifice. You can move ahead. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but because you struggled so long, though, you think acquiring more bills is moving ahead. Right. But you're not. You're still losing. Because you haven't acquired the most important piece, information. Mm. Before you, before, I believe, before you acquire more money, you must acquire the information needed at that next level. So I'm always thinking next level. Right. I'm never thinking at the level I'm at. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. That's how that's how you stay ahead. 
And then once you achieve that particular goal, you set a new one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, because like, like with the book, right? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, define your goal. Define your purpose. Yeah. What you're saying now aligns perfectly with what I've read in the book. And so, <clears throat> like you said, you're always thinking on the next level, yes. right? And in the book, you talk about really being visual and vivid about the goals. Yes. Right? How did you, because, you know, you told us about the, uh, the backstory, and I can't, can't help but admire that. <laughs> but it's like, when did you learn to, to really be, I'm talking about detailed, in the goal? And was it always easy for you to like figure out a way of doing it? Because most people know what they want, they're just not, they don't know how to get there. So how do you, how do you help with that? So in the previous story we talked about, about something simple like the shoes, yeah. I saw what it was that I wanted mm -hmm. and then I aligned everything to get there. That's pretty much how I, I see what I want, I visualize it, I de and then I give it an identity okay. all right so if if i want more income what i taught myself that the more information that you know i know is the way to enhance my income so in the military right if you're about to get promoted say because you are we call it a, a specialist you're e4 and we call it E5, a sergeant, right? If you are about to become a sergeant, before you become a sergeant, what do you think we do? We give you the responsibility of a sergeant. <laughs> and we see how you're going to hold that title before we give, give you, you that title. Right. We're going to see how you're going to perform at that level. So it taught me in regular life that in order to get to that level, have to operate as if if you're going to be a number one podcast you got to operate as if you are the number one podcast mm. so you beat the critics to saying it and thinking it because you operating i will be one of the most influential men in the world and that don't mean fame that means when somebody inspires you i inspire them mm. That's I don't it. mess with the 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 little fish. That's I it. inspire the inspiration. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's a bar, yo. Like, bro, that's how I hold think. Hold on, hold on. Listen, my guy said, "I inspire the inspiration." I'm I'm serious. I know. I'm dead serious. You I know, know. Like, and that's why it's so heavy, because I know when you tell me something, you mean it. Me. You ain't just talking to talk. And this has been years. Even back when we didn't have nothing. Nothing. And we was just playing, young dudes playing ball. Like, if you were serious about dunking next week, it's going to, boy. It already happened. You waiting to see. Love. <laughs> <laughs> and that's crazy. Like, I'm going to share a story with my wife. She, she never saw me, like, in my prime like that, right? Right. So... She heard somebody talking about it, and she, and she was like, "Like she ain't never seen it." So I don't, 
I dumped in front of her. And she was like, oh, man, like, like, yo, like, I'm 30-something years old. I'm not booming at you. I was still booming a year ago before I hurt my knee. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. That that ain't yeah. normal. Yeah, because now we're ladder 30s, almost 40. <laughs> <laughs> if I heal this knee, I'll still be able to. But the crazy part, it resonated to me. She was like, like, they keep saying you jump so high. Like, how you jump so high? And the one thing, bro, I swear to God, I always think about whenever I used to take off the ground, I never thought about how high it was. I only saw myself grabbing the ball. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you removed the limitations. I took it off. I took the cap off of the limitations. Yeah. Like, if you ever, if you ever play ball with me, the highest I would ever jump is like not on the dunk because I know the limit. It's I know where rebound, I gotta go. Bro. It's the rebound. Oh, I shut yeah, a gym. Every time. I shot a gym. <laughs> I shut the gym down one time in a tournament with a rebound because I hit my back on the on the rim. <laughs> because all I saw before I launched off the ground, all I saw, I gotta get that. Yeah. That, like literally every time that I would jump the highest that I would jump all I saw was the goal yeah I never saw none of the optics mm. so so <laughs> that's that's yeah, crazy that is crazy and it's facts right <laughs> like I already know so okay if a person wants to get an insight right of the the mindset behind phd me and i would suggest this to anybody out there who's a, a, a lover of knowledge to please grab this book define your goals define your purpose and dive into someone's life in the mind of someone who, who really lived it you can't think of a more you ain't gonna find a, too many more situations that was that was uh, let's see more of a harder objective to, but not an objective harder circumstances to overcome without it being pure like Africa or somewhere. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's when I say that I mean I know where we came from. Yeah, we were not supposed to make it. It wasn't in the design. Not in the design project. In so, the projects. literally. So, with that being said, you know, you can find a project. If you find one project, you find another project all around the United States, man. They were one and the same. So, again, we know what we were not supposed to be doing. But against all odds. <laughs> against all odds. So, I, I invite you to please, by all means... Check out the mindset of a man who's like you or just like you who overcame. And, and if you need help doing anything that you have read in this book, by all means, reach out. Mr. Johnson, yeah. <laughs> CEO, PhD me, man, because it's not it's nothing wrong with having help. And too often, a lot of people want to. We feel isolated, especially men. Because this is more purpose than directed towards men, correct? Younger men, yes. Younger men. Yes. If you find yourself in that in that area and you feel isolated, by no means are you alone. 
reach out. Speak to somebody. Get some help. Reach out to Mr. Johnson here. We're here. Become a part of the program and have the life that you want to have. So, what I want to do, if you if you're ready, and is that not anything else you want to? Uh, was there anything else you want to touch on specifically? I'm just gonna jump into these questions, but I don't want anything. Okay. And because uh, it, it'll probably end up doubling back. Right. Anyway, it'll come back. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> this particular question has this reference to being a male author, right? Okay. And, um, an author in general, because I mean, dude, we we're happy if we can get a plant job where we from. You know, that's the goal. That's success. Where yeah, the areas we from. Yeah, the the plant job with the good benefits, right? That your granddaddy told you you needed to have. And you had to have him to put you on for you can even get through the door. Because without knowing somebody, it's a no-go. So, first question is, as a male author, what made it, what motivated you to write about self-improvement? And is there a personal journey or experience that uh, inspired you, I'm sorry, to explore this topic? There is an inspiration. Uh, what originally fueled me to put all of these thoughts and experiences and 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 achievements on paper was I understand that I'm only here for a limited time. I'm 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 expiring every day. Yeah. And the one thing that I wanna do for my name and my family name is immortalize that name. No matter how long we gone, we're gonna know we were here. Right understanding that nobody before me took that challenge i saw an opportunity to do something different in my family i said i'll be the one yeah. you know what i'm saying like my uncle always told me like you the one like i don't know what it is but you gonna do something for this family boy and i, I mean when you do five and six you like man, i can barely get clean draws for myself but i don't know how i'm gonna change the world but he saw early and he he fed into me early yeah he fed that that mental that mental monster early like you know you're gonna do something special and there's something i wanted to touch on with you like if you ever go back in history and look at some heavy hitting names they did a lot with a short amount of time here. Yeah. Think about it. Most yeah. of the greats. Never, you never see on a, a consistent basis that we bury an old great. It right. does happen. I'm, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but look how many young, culture changing, lifetime, one of a time talents. When God puts somebody here on this earth that one of a kind, they only here for a limited time. Yeah. So one way to solidify yourself into history is putting it on paper. Yeah. The oldest, most highest grossing, never gonna be touched ever in the history of ever book sales <laughs> is what? The Bible. The Holy Bible. Yeah. Somebody 
these books came from all across from different periods of time yeah. somebody had the gumption to put it together push it out yeah y'all no matter how long i'm gone with the time i was here i'm gonna do what i'm supposed to do with it that's what inspired this book boy you can't die with that in you <laughs> that's all i kept hearing you can't die with that in you how they gonna hear it how they gonna know it yeah you can inspire from the grave if you just spend the money and push it out unfortunately man you see time and time again that's normally when that it blows up yeah that's one of my fears but i don't i don't control that right yeah only thing i control is i did it yeah but it can't that's why so so often the great successes we see in life exactly. from people is uh is the mission the mission meant more than the fame and sometimes you'll just never know how much you really touch somebody you know? and it's uh but the mission was important it was important enough to complete it, to document it complete it and put it out <clears throat> those that yeah, reap the benefit of change the person that inspired it probably will never see it right I understood that yeah I understood that early so normally the the guy that you know get a street name after him or invoke the riot or changes the world he don't never see the, the change never see it. you know what I'm saying and, yeah. and, and as a man you gotta understand that because even with our children they reap the bit i told one of my kids just the other day you have the audacity to sit here and be living my dream you live in my dream and you don't have the nerve to be appreciative mm. sit on that for a minute you live in my dream you live in my house the house that I came from an apartment and I slept on the floor and, and and I ate maybe once a day you eat three times a day you live in a three-story house one of them you have multiple houses in different area codes and you got the nerve to not keep your room clean so you know why my room stay clean my daughter was like why said because I didn't have one when I was your age I had a corner on the floor so I kept my little corner of clothes piled up, fold neatly like my grandmama taught me. And my shoes, one by one, left, right, beside it. I took as little of space as possible. But I was proud of my little space. Mm. You got a room in two states. You got this room looking like this. You bringing in grades like this. The audacity you live in my dream. You got enough to mess it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's they'll, wild. They'll understand that one day. Yeah. yeah. So, um, why was self improvement so important to write it? Because you could have wrote about anything, and you definitely have a story to tell. So, why was why was self improvement important for you? Because you never stop self. If you ever, if you ever stop improving, nine times out of ten, you're probably about to stop living mm. in some way. You know, some people have been dead a long time and they just waiting to die. Yeah. 
You ever seen that? Yeah. Like, that even goes back to most of the greats being buried early. Yeah. We all know old heads, but we the ones that know them. The world don't know them. The world knows some of the greats that was only here 19 years, 20 years. Yeah. And everybody know them. People that everybody. wasn't born when they died know them. Yeah. You sitting here 60, 70 something years old, and if I go to another part of town, they don't know you. What did you do with all that time? What was that time being spent doing? Talking real heavy, Mr. Johnson. Always. Always heavy, improving. Boy. I'm always improving myself. I can't go to bed tonight with the same percentage done than I woke up with that morning. <laughs> I got to be 1% better, bro, at least. That's crazy. <laughs> At least one percent. <clears throat> okay, so <clears throat> the next question I got for you is what are some common challenges or obstacles that men face when it comes to self-improvement and how do you address these challenges in your work? The first probably most important challenge I've witnessed men face a lot of people that aren't men telling men what men are. Mm. That's a real that's a real problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Because it's a lot of that going on today. It's too much of it. And it shouldn't be a percentage of it. You know what I'm saying? And but I understand the circumstances. I understand when we were growing up before our time frame, it was not a normal thing to not have your dad in the house before right. we came along. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, going back to my story, even with my mom and her father murdering her mother, he was in the house with them. This is what the standard was. Right. So the attack on our most profitable enterprise as a, as a culture is a black family. And I understand how you attack that. So... The way you attack that is you push and you promote the breakup of that. You yeah. normalize the breakup of the most powerful entity that we own. If you look at anything historically, black empires rule all over the course of the history of, of life and humanity. Yeah. But that was because everybody knew their place now the confusing and the confusement has people out of place out of order yeah and no matter what you're doing if you do it out of order it's never gonna be right but if you normalize that particular order for that group it implodes it self-destructs from within yeah so you can never just like I wrote about the goals that you set for yourself, mm -hmm. if you want to be honest, nothing can stop you from your goals. And I say that because all of the obstacles are put in front of you for you to stop. Yeah. <laughs> you ever notice that? Like, it doesn't stop for you until you quit. Prime example, it took me... 03 
2014. From 03 to 2014 to get a bachelor's degree. It was people that, you know, people yeah. people got it in four years. They, you know, right. from 03 to 20, 2007, 2006, some yeah. of them already had theirs. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't never stop for me until I, it, it, unless I quit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Even if I took one class at a time, I was still gonna get there. Right. But they don't teach you like that. They don't mm -hmm. teach you the importance of progress. Yeah. They confuse movement with pro <clears throat> oh, because because think about this. Think about this now. You just you just were saying something powerful just now. So many people got their degree before I did. Yeah. But I surpassed them in wages and accomplishments in the end because it is it's not a marathon it's not a sprint it's a marathon yeah and we're all running individual races right so they got to their destination before i did but that wasn't my race and yeah. i still helped them celebrate when they crossed the line and i was i wasn't even running yeah but i understood my race yeah i plan on playing the long game it, with any situation i will never play the overnight quick game so you never fail at a goal you just stop trying yeah right <laughs> even if you go back and pick it up 20 years later and you do it you never failed you just didn't you you found an excuse good enough and you rolled out with it this yeah. is this is the one i'm checking out now yeah <laughs> so you gotta train yourself to a higher standard to surpass your breaking point you just got to learn what makes you break and be ready. Brace yourself for that. Yeah. And when you look up and you pass that hump, that's when you know you grew. Yeah. And you're going to, no matter what it is, Charles, if you want it, just don't stop. That's it. Just don't stop. See, and it's, and it's crazy because, like, you know, people, people who are hearing you speak now and feeling or or are encouraged by what you're saying all these benefits the benefits of having these kind of talks and these uh these strategies come with communicating with the business right and then rolling in the program and getting situated and, and getting the yeah. book when i when i tell you <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that it is a plethora of jewels in this book and in the mind of this young man you would I highly suggest you because it doesn't stop by the way no like on or off podcast camera on off whatever it's this is real life it's stuck <laughs> yeah this is this is real life you're just getting it because it's, it's a part of business and that's why you're seeing it in the format that you're seeing it but had you met him in real life somewhere you would know like this is real life and it don't it don't stop <laughs> it don't it stop don't so stop. Can you share some practical tips or strategies that you often recommend to men who are seeking self-improvement? And are there any specific techniques or exercises that you find particularly effective? Um, one thing I, one thing that helps me is the 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 environments, the environments that I find myself in, and. You know, I think, I don't know who this, I was having this conversation with recently, but I describe human beings to me in my head, we're more close, closely 
resembling to plants than we are animals. Mm -hmm. And and any type of plant needs the right environment in order to grow, right? Yeah. Like you can try to plant one of those Chinese bamboo sticks in our soil and it won't grow. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with the seed is in the wrong environment. Mm -hmm. So you have to you have the domain the dominion to put yourself in the wrong environment yeah. or put yourself in the right environment. You know what I'm saying? That's why showing up is 90% of the battle. So say for instance, there's something in life that you may not have any business attaining at that point in your life. Yeah. But because you show up and because you 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 try. You know what I mean? I've done more and I, I know I'm not the only person that done this. But a person who tries to help themselves will get more assistance than a person that's just sitting and waiting on the handout. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they teach you when when you out in the water, like the only way that that I can assist you if 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 you stop kicking and stop struggling. You know what I mean? Like because if I try to help you while you're drowning, you're gonna drown me because you you know what I'm saying? So if if I see you trying, you know, I see you trying to tread, I can help you. Yeah. But if you all distraught and and oh man, so life is about breaking points, and the reason you react to a situation the way you do, you can only react to the level of information you got. Yeah. Think about it like this: if a woman needs money, she has no skills. 10 times out of 10, what's she gonna use to get money, Charms? A look, somebody. Yeah. She's gonna go back to the information that she has. Yeah. Has she not picked up a book, acquired new information, she would never do that. Right. Because you can only react to the situation as much information as you got. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you an example. I didn't know nothing about credit, right? Yeah. I knew nothing about credit. All I was programmed was cash, cash. My daddy, my mama, don't mess with credit. Don't mess with credit. Don't mess with credit. Yeah. The information that they were portraying on me was misinformation. Yeah. Just because you taught something don't mean it was correct, right? Yeah. So what I did, <laughs> we talked about this earlier today, I'm an opposite because I'm looking at how we living. And I know this ain't right. Right. So if you saying go that way, I'm going to it. <laughs> because you controlling my environment and my environment effed up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever you saying ain't working. Right. But I'm right. still on the boat with you because I ain't got no choice. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But the the thing that I did, bro, my wife will tell you, man. I wish she was here with us. Yeah, I we should have her on next time. The both of you. that's going to be awesome yeah bro. for sure because she saw all of this yeah this is what's important man this is what is important about having that that helpmate man she saw this from nothing we were yeah. homeless and she saw me do this yeah so i'm reading i'm reading bro and being in being in the guard i learned how to 
turn education into money. Mm. So when you're in school, they give you incentives and certain, you know, you can take out loans. You can do all kind of stuff while you're in school to get money right away. So I learned, you know, I got some more information. I learned the system. Boom. She saw me reading and studying credit. Mm -hmm. I had no credit, bro. She was pregnant with my daughter. And, bro, she, we just, we were, we were like, <laughs> Bro, we were inches away from being homeless the first time. <laughs> and I got it. I applied for a credit card, Capital One, and they gave me like a couple hundred dollars, man. And she was big as a house. I was like, you know what, man? I'm tired. Of, I don't have no money. My wallet was empty. Yeah. If somebody robbed me, bro, like that would have just been a prerequisite <laughs> for the real robbery. Like, I'm fit to learn how to take somebody to jail. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I took I took the credit card and I I went we went to Five Guys we went to Five Guys in Florence man that was the best burger and fries because when we when when I ordered it it's what she wanted right so the satisfaction of giving her because she never asked for nothing the satisfaction of giving her exactly what she want. And the thought of not having to think about how much it cost. I didn't even look at how much it cost. Baby, which one you want? So I took that lesson like, bro, this is a tool. This ain't this ain't shackles and chains. Hmm. We interpreting it wrong. You right. know what I'm saying? We misinterpreting what this is. So I'm reading the uh the fine print. That like when they send you your credit card, they send you all oh, yeah. this. Most they people send don't you read it. Nobody. Most people don't Nobody read it. reads. It. So I'm reading. I'm looking. I'm like, oh, okay. The percentage kind of high. Sky. Yeah. But uh, I learned. I started learning what the I learned the language. Yeah. Like you and a and a person from another nationality can be conversing all you can be speaking english and they can be speaking whatever their nationality is but there ain't no communication because we we are not even understand we both talking at the same time but we're not understanding right. and that's the miscommunication with credit and our people it's a tool they use it as a tool every time so i'm like okay so this means that this particular bank trust me to say you have this amount of money but you don't have it but we gonna allow you to get what you want right now on the back end you just give us our money back and we trust you like that per your credit scores right. so i'm starting to learn so bro i say you know what i'll never be homeless again because i'm gonna build my credit score so high even if I lost my job today, the worst I can land is here. So I started thinking about it as if I got $50,000 in credit, think about that. Most most people don't make $50,000 in a year. Absolutely. Bro, that gives me a 12-month cushion if I fall flat. Think mm. about that. Think about that. Yeah. I'm like 25 thinking about this joint like this. Like, whoa. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I don't I know but I don't know because I, I haven't experienced this yeah but I I see it in my head like so you mean to tell me if I lost my job today 
damn, I still will be able to pay my bills for this. Like next month, I'm not worried about anything. Like I can take my time because mo what most people do in a crisis, they create a new crisis because they make a decision. They make an irrational decision because yeah. of the crisis. Right. But I learned this from studying um, the, the, the stock market crash. Yeah. So think about it. Like this, I, I, I mapped out the foundation of our marriage and our life off of the stock market crash. Even in a crisis, somebody gonna come up in a crisis. Every crisis. Every time, because every crisis time. create new opportunities. Yeah. The and pandemic created all these. You know services. what changes? You know what changes the people who lose from the people who win in crisis? Information. Information. Being prepared because preparation. You, yeah, preparation. And preparation with information prevents oh. it prevents fear. You, there's nothing you to be, be afraid. afraid if you know already. And then fear ain't real. Fear your fear is comes not from a lack of knowledge. It, your fear is lack of preparation, uh, comfortability. Yeah. You, you got complacent. You stop learning. You stop acquiring, you stop saving because you was eating good. You was making twenty dollars an hour, remember? Mm. But guess what? Just as sure as you can do an application, you can be fired. Mm. And I can't fire myself, bro. I'm yeah. a boss. Yeah. So, bro, I turned like a couple hundred dollar credit card into hundreds of thousands of dollars worth oh, of credit. <laughs> <laughs> Not overnight, but right. acquiring new information, working with my number one partner in life, my wife. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. That peace, that's the power of marriage. Yeah. Like, you're not exempt from tribulations and trials, but you're blessed with an in-house partner. We're yeah. a team no matter where we go, because it's two of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, to speak on kind of getting back to what we were talking about, like when you said that like your environment yeah. was, was key to you. Um, what do you tell people, especially these young guys man, who feel like they can't get out the hood, they can't leave, there is no option, there is no place to go because they have no way or whatever. Uh, common things you hear, mm. even when, even from people who living in the same same situation you were in they felt like they couldn't yeah and i'm sure as anybody who didn't have the resolve you had would have felt like they didn't have a way either but that's what the walking was about that's what the riding the bike was about so how do you respond to those people who feel like they don't have a way because sometimes you can't see what you're not informed of and that might be the issue that's a you're blind issue. you're blind to what you're not aware of you didn't know you didn't know you had that option because you didn't know it existed <laughs> you didn't know you didn't know yeah that's the worst place to be <laughs> it's like it's an anomaly like it, it yeah. eats itself yeah you know it i had a i had a previous boss ask me what what is it you don't know i almost lost it <laughs> i almost lost it on this little lady man i was like what do you mean what i don't know i can't tell you what i don't know i can't express to you in a verbal form 
what I don't know. Show me everything. Teach me everything. Yeah. Imagine I ain't never touched a computer and you show me everything. Therefore, you won't. People mess up because they have these unimaginable expectations mm. from everybody else, but expect minimum and make excuses for themselves. If you want to get out of the hood, stop making excuses. Stop using the same excuse that the person stuck in the hood next to you using. Because yeah. the person that gets out of the hood stops using those excuses, stop using those resources, and seeks new new information and new resources. So, now you're an educated man. You have multiple degrees, right? Yeah. What happens when someone feels like college isn't for them? Is that do you feel like that's an excuse, or do you think that's a real situation? I have mixed. I have mixed emotions about institutionalized information. Like the paper is for them. You know what I mean? Like the paper is to show somebody else you know what you know. But me and you both know the true experts live the thing that the person with the paper like <laughs> That's deep. I got I got a I got a analogy, but it doesn't apply to everybody. But because I want to do it now, but most business teachers don't have a business, mm. but they teach in business. Absolutely. Because they got a business degree. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so wait, wait, wait. You go teach me how to make all of this money that you never made? <laughs> you, what kind of backwards bull crap is that? Right. Why didn't you bother to do it? <laughs> Clearly, you know. <laughs> Clearly, you know. You teaching me, <laughs> but that's that's crazy because even like parenting is like that. Like, it's a job you you acquire. Yeah, doesn't mean you qualified. Right. But now you subjected to teaching. Yeah. Somebody that you know what you know at that. You know what's crazy? Each yeah. one of my kids are so different. Because we had different information when we had them. <laughs> and it, 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 wait, wait, wait. What's crazy, <laughs> what's crazy is the last three are for my wife. Right. They all embody as a person where we was when we had them. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. But it's real, though. It's if, you, if you think about it, if you really think about it, it has to be that way because yeah. you can only teach a person from your level of understanding that's it that's why i never got mad at my parents for not teaching me about credit they didn't know i'm glad they didn't teach me because i would have had to unlearn all of it <laughs> you know how hard it is to unlearn something bro don't even show me just go over there just go over there man don't even teach me because <laughs> you don't like and that's what happening in life a lot of people are teaching and they qualify for the position mm. but they got the job they showed up and made a kid listen listen don't mean you supposed to have it bro. <laughs> i and not even get on religion at all but like i attribute the same thing to people who preach or not necessarily preach but tell the word of god to people 
it's like you find so many of them condemning you to hell and it's like yeah you know you can walk away from me right now and go to hell and die or die and go to hell right now but that's because nobody wants to admit that what they're really chasing is selfish self-gratification for being the one who brought you to God when it's supposed to be about the glory of God it ain't that ain't about you it's supposed to be about the glorification of God that person acknowledging the most high and saving their own soul you want to feel good about yourself being the one who did it you know and in return you end up running them off you worrying about how big your church is and yeah. everybody that's occupying that church right. probably gonna beat you on that one-way trip to the place that you damning everybody <laughs> else right so, like bro i'm I'm, I am a member of a church and I love my church, but some churches, not my church in particular, but when I was out of church for a long time, because I grew up in the church, yeah. when I was out of church for a long time, those type of, I, I won't even, I, those type of saints, they, they bother me. Like you're going to damn a good person making the same mistakes. You know what I'm saying? You, you or somebody, or not even. As, <laughs> and, and each mistake is different. But I'm, but the the point I'm making is like, dude, you know who you work for? <laughs> Do you know who you like? When I see somebody in that position telling yeah, somebody a, yeah. else, and I'm like, dude, like you know what's wrong? Like y'all won't come to the plate. Y'all, you want to stay where it's safe at. Yeah. You want to stay behind the pulpit, but the dude you work for was with the murderers mm. with the killers how can you save them and you ain't in the environment mm. you gotta come to that environment to come get me the most high did I don't it have no he you ain't did. you ain't exempt from that you better than he <laughs> okay you more so saved than he yeah man he this man got his hands dirty yeah he got his in hands trenches. dirty right and you telling me you only gonna you only Praying on Sunday for me, <laughs> and you don't. I gotta come to you. He came to the man. His left and right hand man was see, the dang gonna see, hit me. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I didn't want to. <laughs> he changed them. It's like that's why I took up reading the entire Bible myself as a task that I have to do. Yeah, it's not an option anymore. I have to do it. I commend and, that um, because. You, how can you arm yourself against false teachers of whatever and, and this is metaphoric to real life like just regular life like how can you arm yourself against people who teach false things if you're not aware of what they're teaching you because half the time when you go to church or something like that it's like you only get 20 minutes worth of word and an hour long worth of service they're not teaching you the word as much as they're giving you the performance. But uh, in reference to PhD me, right? Um, you're you're really you were touched to service the younger men, right? Um, and what we're missing, and like you said, uh, a big issue in today is people who've never been men telling men how to be men. And passing misinformed information. Right. So it's like, <laughs> how do you approach 
masculinity in regards to self-improvement right and right. what one what's your definition and how do you approach it with your business as far as the message you give to the younger younger men you'd like to help well the the way we teach balance right there is there's a need there's a natural need for masculinity as well as femininity mm. if you notice it take one of each of those to make us up each human being yeah right, right. so obviously yeah. day zero is necessary and it is alive in each and every last one of us mm -hmm. we both possess 50% masculinity 50% femininity because that's what make up our DNA no matter who we are we came from man and a woman right your the the objective is balance because you can't have too much of one or the other and knowing when to utilize male or female each side because they're both necessities yeah you know what i'm saying because it's, it's like uh you hear a lot of feminist preaching to men to be more in tune with their feminine side mm -hmm. and being vulnerable mm -hmm. and then they punish you for it because mm -hmm. now you're acting soft mm -hmm. but then you hear a lot of red pill people say uh you know you should never cry in front of a woman or your woman because 30 minutes later should be trying to f your best friend right because you've set in motion this perspective that you're not capable of right. whatever it may be and with red pill being so prevalent today like the andrew tates of the world mm -hmm. and um kevin samuels god yeah. bless the dead yeah and then the feminist movement Nobody talks about balance. That's You're good. literally the first person I ever heard in private life, internet, whatever. In the Nobody world. has ever That's said we we preach or we instruct and promote balance. It's always one person pulling for the majority of one or the other side. What happens on the scale when you've got too much weight on either side? You lose Tips balance. Yeah. tipping over because you got too much of that. Here we understand everybody is different so the teachings aren't true they're reality mm. you get what i'm saying yeah. i operate in reality because i know the truth is subjective the truth is whatever we want it to be and each person is different yeah my sister can tell my story differently than me because she watched it from Third another vessel, another yeah. vessel, yeah, and another perspective because she's short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, please don't beat us up, please. That's I don't want my, no smoke. That's my job because she. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I but know. yeah, so. <laughs> but I never get into those debates because I'm one of one. I'm not debatable. Mm. So I don't preach how I feel. I preach facts. I only operate in reality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't operate. Like, if you tell her this, she's gonna. Because, bro, she. There's one of your woman, but there's types of women. 
Mm. There's one me and there's one you, but we can identify with a different with a with a different man, but the same type. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I say, if this fits your type, this may be what you need to think about. This may be how you, because that's where the arguments come in. Because somebody gonna always come in with their truth. Because what that person just said was the truth to them. Mm-hmm. Yo, you can't trust women because they, that's the truth to him. Yeah, that's their reality. That's his reality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we in the same space, but that's his reality. Yeah. That's his experience. That's his journey. That ain't what I saw, man. That this is Like, you ever saw the movie uh, Vantage Point with uh, yeah. Forrest Whitaker? Mm-hmm. Everybody that was telling the story, they they played the same story from four, three or four different vantage points, and everybody saw something different, but the same thing. Wow. <laughs> right. That's life every day. Yeah, you going, I'm coming. Man, the traffic bad this way. Man, the traffic good this way. But we was in the same space. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That's how life is. You perfect your lane. You perfect your, you you control your speed, you control your atmosphere, you cut the air down, you cut it up, right? In your vehicle, yeah. Don't 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 tell me how to drive mine, bro. Yeah. I'm driving the speed limit. You get on. You get on over there in the slow lane with that, cause I'm trying to get there. Yeah. Go on over there in the fast lane with that, cause I'm I'm early for where I'm going. But we on the same path. Yeah. Stop looking in somebody else's vehicle. Look in your own vehicle. Yeah. What we talked about the other day. Start with you. Absolutely. That's if you perfect your mind. I'm talking to you as an individual in this book. If you perfect your mind, your body, and your spirit, you can live a fulfilled life. That's what life about. It ain't about being happy. It ain't about being rich. It ain't about none of that stuff that somebody to make a dollar told you was the life. It yeah. ain't about none of that. Yeah. Well, how do you like we we talked about um, being happy? <laughs> Tell me where you're at with with happiness being the key to life. How do you think it's the key to life? What's your views on that? Nah, it ain't. It, it can't be the key to life, cause everything I did that made me who I am was hard. Mm. Everything I did was what everybody else didn't want to do. So you can't tell me being happy is the key to life when the the lock was locked by pain, suffering, a mm. uh, uh, sacrifice. Do people really know what that word is? Do people really know what sacrifice is? Like they throw it around, but you gotta sacrifice something for everything, no matter what it is. If I spend time with you, I'm not spending time doing something else. If I'm buying something that you selling, I can't buy with the same dollar something else. Giving up something that you really want, that you truly cherish, is the only way to get something of more value. Yeah. That's it. That's the only way. So if you spend your time doing things that at the end of the rope you proud of, 
those was the only thing worth doing. Because everything else, you could do drugs and it can make you happy, man. <laughs> but it's going to kill you. It's going to kill your relationships. It's going to kill the relationship with your wife, with your kids, with your family. Yeah. But it made you happy. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't chase happy, man. I don't chase happy. I usually chase the hard. I never did it the easy way. When I graduated school with my with my associates, I worked a third shift job. I was in the military part time and I went to school full time. So Yeah. I would go to work. I would well, you gotta start the night before. I would go to work <laughs> yeah. and get off work, close my eyes for about three, four hours, wake up, beat everybody to school. Beat everybody to school. Never was late. Boom. I'm in that joint. Boom. Dean's list. Yeah. Pass. Leave school. As soon as I leave school, I only had enough time to get to my job, change in the parking lot until my work closed, and do it again. And on the weekend when people was off, that's when I had drill. Yeah. So I did that and I and I I figured out like doing what everybody else don't want to do is the way. I wanna hear you say what you won't do. Cause you already gave me the play what to do. Mm. You gave me the tool. Oh man, how you how you selling how, how you selling DVDs? I never do that. Bro, I bought a house and two cars off of doing that. I'm glad you I'm glad you won't do that. Cause I ain't gotta compete with you when, when it comes down to it. I don't gotta share the, I will never compete with you, but I don't gotta share my my clientele with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? How can you go to school, come straight here? And, and work and perform high at work and then go home do homework and then do it again because you won't do it so i always have what you won't have because you ain't willing to do it you're too proud you're too lazy you're too tired yeah. you're too something but you ain't too successful so <laughs> you stay whatever that means and that's not to <clears throat> knock anybody that's reality i live in reality, reality man. yeah i live in reality if you ain't willing to do that like if, if you work out with me and i see you going hard i see you going hard Expect them results, bro. But don't expect results for the work you ain't willing to put in, dog. Why you? How you? How can you do that? Cause if you do that, bro, you'll look at me and expect to get what I got, and you didn't do the work. You might do something to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you built like that, you will never be an arm's length next to me. Yeah. Them kind of people can't. I work too hard. Yeah. I'm working while you sleep. I'm up. I sleep fast. Yeah. <laughs> I sleep quick. Yeah, you know, get so, it so we can get back to the business. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so check it, right? Um, <clears throat> so all throughout the book, you quote different authors, right? Right. Now, you either well-researched, which I'm sure you are, and I know you are, or you love books as well. So how how is it do you do you consume how do you consume books? How do you consume knowledge? Are you like a bookworm? Do you prefer like the auto audio books while you're on the move? How do you do it? Uh, and how important is reading? Man <clears throat> the Cause I know I'm sorry. 
before you, I didn't mean to cut you off. I know you're about to speak. Uh, over and over again, a reincurring key to your success has been the information. So I know that you, how, how are you going about this information? See what I'm saying? Because if that's the key, because I don't think everybody's an efficient learner. Right. People learn in different ways, but everybody's not effectively <laughs> gifted at learning. It's going to be so funny when I tell you this because it's so simple. Mm. A smart man learns from his mistakes. Right. A wise man learns from another man's mistakes. Mm. You know how much faster I'll get to my destination if I don't get bogged down by the same mistake you made? Yeah. With your information, I can get to my destination faster, efficiently, yeah. less time less costly i can get there yeah now if i don't if we were if we were young and we were playing in a field mm -hmm. and i played in this field before you and i fell in a hole and i did broke my leg last summer and we playing in that same field this summer and i don't tell you watch out for that hole you're going to go through the same pain and agony I went through. Yeah. Why would I subject that on you? Hey, bro, you're going to lose your whole year. You might <laughs> lose an inch off your body. Yeah. Don't go over there. Matter of fact, I'm going to put a yellow flag in that hole. Man, we are that joint. We having fun. No, no interruption in the fun. Because I warned you about said, the situation danger, out there. Yeah. I learned that when I was a little kid. My uncle would tell me certain things and I could look at it two ways. <laughs> My uncle smoked weed like all the time. He was confined to a wheelchair when he was 19 years old. He stayed in a wheelchair for like 50 years and he lived off a little piece of liver and they been told him he was supposed to be dead but he, such, he was such a fighter. He made it for 50 years, right? So, first lesson he taught me, boy, don't you smoke, don't you do that. Now, had I thought with my eyes, how can you tell me not to smoke while you enjoying? Yeah, you know what I'm you're saying? somebody you that I like, like I, I enjoy you. Yeah, and you're how doing can it. you? And I thought about it this way. What if he just not strong enough? But he telling me how to truly feel, but he don't have the power to change it. So he gonna try to change how I view it. Even though you see me doing it, drinking beer, yeah. don't do it. And that's how I chose to take it. Mm. That's how I chose to take it. Like, bro, he ain't strong enough to kick that joint. Yeah. Maybe he just wish he had not been exposed to it. But that's all he know to take him away from the reality that he lived in. Right. So I was like, bro, what if I don't, like, I always hear how hard it is to kick the habit. What if I don't ever start it? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so absolutely. wise man learn from another man's mistake. <laughs> that's crazy so like uh to the the information gathering and learning like 
What's your approach with that? <laughs> read a lot. I don't, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. Mm. I don't know enough. That's why I tell myself I don't know enough. And information's changed. Information's changed every day. Information, yeah. new information, new information, new information. There ain't no way I can hit the settings bar on my phone and update my phone and not update the mm. ultimate computer. Mm. God's first computer. Right. How, how can I not update that? Right. And it take a manual update. It don't just update while I'm sleeping, bro. It updates while this vehicle is operating. So I got to separate time. I got to make time into my schedule to feed this, yeah. to feed this, and to feed my soul. Right. I got to schedule that. Because the moment I'm too busy for either one of them three, it's a wrap. Yeah. So how can I not? That's how I think. Yeah. How can I not? If I don't work out one day, man, I feel like crap. And I'm and I like, yeah. how can I not? Yeah. Not how can I? Because most people think, how can I get it done? What 